We are back in Perak Dalid, Mishnah Gimel. Says the Mishnah. Um, let me give a little bit of background to this Mishnah over here um, so that we can get it clear. Um, when a woman gets married, there are a few different things that she is owed or ways in which she can own property. First is her regular ksuva. The ksuva is um, a mana or masayim, a hundred or two hundred zoos, depending on whether she was ever married before. If she was never married before, so then it's two hundred. If she had been married before and she's a divorcee or a widow, so it's one hundred. Um, there's also tosefes. You can add other things on top of that. And there's also nadunya. That was her dowry that she went into the marriage with. There's two types of properties that a woman can have while she's married. One is called nichse tzon barzel, and one's called nichse melug. Um, nichse melug means that it's just hers. Um, the husband has no achrayas, he has no responsibility towards that property at all. The husband is allowed to eat the payros, he's allowed to share in the dividends or literally the fruits of that land or that property, but he does not, um, does not provide insurance for it. But a that property could come to her because it was her property, um, and or she she may have um, inherited that from her family, say from her father, while she was married. There's another type of property which is its own barzal. That's a property she brings into the marriage as part of her nadunya, and that property, um, he the husband insures, meaning the husband guarantees that he, if he divorces her or if he dies. He will repay her for that property at the current value of when they got married. They set a value. And if that property goes up in value or down in value, that's the husband's loss or the husband's gain. Um, and therefore, the, the wife is guaranteed as part of her ksuva, um, this nichsetzon barza. Those are two, two types of properties that she can bring into the wedding, into the marriage. Um, so says the Mishnah. Shomeris yavam shenaflu la so we have a Shomeris Yavam. A Shomeris Yavam means that this woman is, Ruvain, her husband died, and now she's waiting on Shimon, and Shimon has not done anything yet, either a Chalitza or a Yibum, so she's in limbo. And while she's in limbo, she makes an inheritance from her father. Those Nechassim are Nechse Miluk, because they belong solely to her, and the husband does not um, have any insurance policy on them, and therefore he doesn't have a say in them. Um, and of course, in this, in this case, she isn't 100% exactly married. We'll see what her status is. will agree in this case that if she makes any transactions with this land, whether she sells that or wants to do any trades with this land, that that trade is valid and we're not going to negate that trade. She has the right to do so. Mesa. Now we have a case where this woman, while she was waiting on her yavam, dies. So what's going to be with her property? That's the question. So the Mishnah wants to know what's going to be with her ksuva, the money that she's owed in her ksuva, and what's going to be with um, all of her nichse malug. That's called properties, which are nichnasim v'yotsim ima, means they're hers, and she takes them as she pleases. So what's going to be with all of those? Who inherits her? Beishamai is of the opinion that they have to split it. The people who are the inheritors of the Baal, who in this case, according to almost all opinions, is the Yavam, with the inheritors of the Av, which means the 
the father, excuse me, the father of this woman who died. Because a, a single woman, her father would inherit her if she died. This woman, according to Beishamai's opinion, is based on the idea that we have a suffix here. We're in doubt. We're in doubt whether this woman is called married or not married. Since we don't know whether she's actually called married or not, so they split it. If she were married, so all of her Yerusha, her inheritance, would go to the Baal, in this case the Yavam. And if she were not married, it would all go to the Av, so they split it. Beis Hillel is going to say that um, each thing we have to look at separately. Beis Hillel Omrim. Nechasim bechezkasan, ksuva bechezkas yoshi ha-baal, nechasim hanechnasim v'yotzim ima bechezkas yoshi ha-av. Um, so, um, the way we're going to read it over here is that there are three different cases Beis Hillel is bringing. That, um, Nechasim Becheskasan, over there we're talking about, um, the Nechasim which are Nechseit Son Barzel. And therefore they are with their Chazaka. And the Chazaka that they're in is that they are under the Achrayus of the husband. Ksuva Becheskas Yoshea Baal. And the Ksuva also is Becheskas Yoshea Baal, meaning both the Nichseit Son Barza, which is land which is insured by the husband, and the Ksuva, which is insured by the land of the husband. Since both of those are insured by the husband and the husband has to pay, so, um, excuse me, that, that, that's true. What, I'm, what I'm saying is true for the Ksuva, the second case, is Becheskas Yoshea Baal, is that the husband has to pay that out from his land, so therefore he's the one who's holding on to that value, to that stuff. So therefore, when she dies, it's, it's in his chazaka, so he holds on to it. But the nichseit on barzel is actually shared, since um, it's really hers, but the husband has an insurance policy on it. So over there, the dinner, even according to Beis Hillel, will be that he'll split it, but for a different reason than Beis Shammai. But he'll come to the same conclusion by the nichseit on barzel, because the husband has a stay in it, because he's insuring it, but she also is holding on to it, and therefore her father's house is holding on to it, because it was her land which came as part of her nadunya. And the third category of nichse milug, which means something which is completely hers, and the husband has no um, insurance that he that he's obligated in on it, those are nechasim and nichnasim v'yotzimimah. And those, the Mishnah says, becheskas yoshe av, those for sure are completely hers, and therefore they are under the... Um, under the control of the inheritors of the Av, so it's going to come to the, the Yerusha will fall out to the, her father or those people who will inherit her father. Says the next Mishnah, Mishnah Dalit. Kansa. So what if she falls out in Yibum, Ruvain dies, his wife Rachel falls out in Yibum to Shimon, and Shimon does Yibum. That's called Kansa. He takes her for a wife. So says the Mishnah, she is like his wife, the Chol Davar. Um, that means that um, once the Yibum is done, she is like a regular wife. If he wants to divorce her, he needs a get and not a Chalitza. If after he divorced her, he wants to take her back, he's allowed to take her back. We don't say there's a new Isser that comes up over here that she's like an Eshesach all of a sudden again. No, she's like his wife. Ubevad and only that it should be that her ksuva should be on nichse bala rishon, meaning that when she um, falls out to Shimon and becomes Shimon's wife, so her ksuva is still um, on, on um, the property of the first husband Reuven. 
that means that if, if she wants to come collect, she'll come collect from those properties and not from the properties of Shimon. If she had no ksuva, which was on land from her first husband, so then we will give her land from the Yavam to collect her ksuva from, um, but only for Amana, only for 100, not for 200, which is the din of a woman who has been married before. That's the end of Mishnah Dalit.